0: In Session with Dr. Farid Holakwi.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to In Session. I'm your host, Dr. Farid Hulakwi, and I'll be with you for the next two hours here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in, 310 441 0555 you can follow me on twitter or instagram or like my page on facebook to get updates on the show or suggest topics or books for the program and the shows are uploaded at the end of each week to my soundcloud page and podcast on spotify and apple podcasts let's go to a caller radio Hamra. you're on the air hello hi thanks for calling
2: hi uh thank you so much for giving me your time um, I'm, I'm calling about uh, a relationship that I'm in, and I have um, some questions, I have some concerns about it, and I wanted to hear uh, your thoughts on it. Okay. Um, so I'll just give some uh, short background about myself. Um, I'm uh, 25, I'm calling from the U.S. Um, I came here uh, for college when I was 18. Um, and I'm currently a Ph.D. student. Um, okay. And, and where
1: did you come from um, when you said you came to the States for college?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I was I lived in Iran uh-huh. um, until I was 16. And then with my family, we moved to one of the neighboring countries. Okay. Um, and my I did my high school there. And my education and everything was uh, in English there. Okay. And, and then I came here.
1: Got it. And what are you studying your Ph.D. in?
2: Uh, clinical psychology.
1: Clinical psychology. Heard of it. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. So, you you're said you're doing a PhD. Um, you're early in that process, I guess?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Great. And then second year. Second yeah. year. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. All right. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, so, uh, and for the past uh, 16 months, um, I've been in a relationship with uh, an American. Um, he's also 25. He's a month and a half younger than me, um, he's a software engineer, and I, I have some concerns mainly tied to uh, our different cultures, and I'm at a point where, on the one hand, everything is very good, but on the other hand, the cultural stuff kind of concerns me, and I just want to have a sense of, like, if I should continue this. Um, so when I say everything is good, um, you know, when we have issues uh, or disagreements or you know misunderstandings, we are able to talk about it and just resolve it, like um, especially about cultural stuff too like we um, had a misunderstanding about money, like how we use money, save money, view money, and we just talked about it and came to a compromise without like it leading to an argument. So, in that sense, I think things are very good. But on the other hand, um, my family, of course, uh, especially initially, they were extremely unhappy that I was in a relationship with someone who's not Iranian. Um, They later met my partner and they really liked him. And now they have accepted him. um, But I know that deep down they still very much um, would prefer if I was in a relationship with someone who's your and also mm-hmm. we both my partner and I both um, would like to get married and would like to have a family so it, we are in this with that intention
1: okay uh, and um, what, what's his cultural background
2: uh, he's white he's American um, okay. he yeah, yeah uh, okay. he has um, Scottish and Dutch um, ancestry, but that's like several generations ago, Got so it. he's okay. not really a part of that culture.
1: No. Yeah. So, you know, you, uh, I, I'm not sure in your school and most um, graduate programs, first year you do cultural diversity and sensitivity and um, cultural classes, or it's and it's a big part of most uh, education related to psychology because culture plays such a big part in uh, helping to create who we are and also... The norms and what's um, what you might consider healthy or unhealthy can differ based on culture. So, uh, culture is very important. And also, we know that when it comes to relationships, similarity is very important. So, you know, there's this uh, adage of opposites attract, uh, which can mm-hmm. be true because there's something very exciting about that. But often, then, it, it it usually leads to problems down the line. Most research on relationships finds that similarity is actually better than than being different. Now. That can lead someone to think, well, then different cultures—that's too different. What What's important when it comes to a cultural difference or two people coming from different cultures is how different they are, and then how aligned or misaligned they are based on that. So you can even have two people who are Iranian Americans who are very different culturally because of what they've internalized from the different cultures. So uh, to me, it's definitely not a black or white thing that you and him should not date or should not get married because you're of different cultures. What's important is to look at, which it seems like you're, you're bringing up some of the things that have come up. What are the cultural differences, or how do they show up in your relationship? So you mentioned something about money came up. Um, but what have been, and another thing I'll say is what's very important in any kind of intimate relationship is feeling like the other person really understands us. And sometimes culture can be a big part in how we feel who we are or how we see ourselves and how someone sees us can be affected by that or how we feel they see us. So how well we feel understood by someone can also be strongly impacted by things like culture. So tell me what you've noticed. You mentioned this, this money issue, but what else are cultural differences that have shown up in the relationship?
2: Yeah, um, so that's that's actually one thing where, I like, I feel like even though we come from different cultures our the way we, um, what we want out of life or the goals that we have um, are very similar. Um, and in terms of, like, religious beliefs as well, we're both very non-religious. Um, so in terms of that, we haven't had any clashes or any... Um, differences but one thing for instance like back to my parents is of course like my like when they met my parents speak english but it's very second language they don't live in the us mm-hmm. and so like that went well however like i could definitely see like I, with with my partner and i i don't feel a barrier necessarily like Despite the cultural stuff, like the language is totally fine, you know, even the culture. I, in the moment, I don't feel anything, but with my parents, I could like really observe the, the, this barrier. And that's like a concern for me because, I mean, I, especially like more future oriented, like I don't know how the cultural differences is going to pan out with my own family aside from myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one thing. Um, The other thing is I I do feel like we can be very vulnerable with each other, which is what I do really appreciate about the relationship. Um, But about what you said about, like, differences and similarities, one thing that my partner recently said that kind of concerned me was he essentially said that he – sometimes idealizes me um, and specifically like uh, puts me on a pedestal because of like my, my life. So uh, he finds it very cool that I'm in a PhD program. He finds it very cool that I've lived in this and this and this country. He finds it very cool that I speak this and this and this language and all the things that are different from his own life, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he was born here. And so when he said that, I almost had this thought of like, is is he really seeing the real me or is he attracted to these facts about my life that are different from his and seem cool to him? Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to him about that and he said that that is not the case because he still sees my flaws. He still, like, he finds those cool. However, he still sees my flaws and he sees me as a human. Um, but I, I don't know how. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't yeah. know how aware he might be. Okay. Even if that's not the
1: case. Yeah, I mean that. That obviously the word idealize is always going to be uh, like a red flag, or at least going to make us be concerned. Because it seems that when someone says that, it makes it seem they're not seeing us for who we are and they're seeing us as something better than who we are, something that they built up in their head. Um, So I can get that brought up uh, a concern for you or, you know, made you wonder about that. Um, And of course, if it's just about the differences, then that goes back to what we were saying. If that's appealing, oh, it's so different. I like that. Although what you're describing might not be that or how, you know, what you said, like, for example, you're in a phd program that could be something he admires about you which wouldn't mean necessarily oh it's just different or putting you on a pedestal but it could be something that he would understandably like about you you know so um i don't know if the wording was was exactly right or what he means by that when he says he idealizes you or maybe he thought he was giving you a compliment but you know, not realizing how it was going to come off to you, not maybe just because you're in a clinical psychology program, but thinking about the relationship. Uh, Maybe you thought that was like a good thing. But yeah, I think for you, it came off of, well, is he seeing me for who I am? Is there just some kind of a exciting appeal, but it's not as real? Um, That was the concern. So how do you see him viewing you? You've been together, I think you said 16 months, so over a year. Do you you feel like there is a sense that he puts you on this pedestal, idealizes you in a way that feels unrealistic?
2: Yeah. Um, I If he hadn't told me this, like specifically, mm-hmm. there is no way I would have suspected it because in the relationship, I, I genuinely do think, he I, I do think he does see me as, I think he sees us as unequal a little bit. Like I think he sees me as above him because mm. of those things which i don't feel comfortable with personally yeah. however i don't think that he sees i think he sees me as human um despite that
1: okay well i mean that that is good I mean, it sounds it, it does sound funny in a way like okay he's does think, think you're a human being um that is a positive but i i think what you're saying though that is uh, that is a slight concern too if you feel that he sees you as better than him and it depends on the degree there could be a sense you know someone says this is my better half partially they're saying it uh, you know in a romantic sweet way but maybe they they feel that a bit so there is this um, quote I forgot by who you know who it's by is that in a you know it a truly beautiful relationship both people feel like they're the lucky one so you know there's a sense that I'm so lucky to be with this person N- not in an extremely imbalanced way that creates anxiety like oh you know one day they're going to wake up and realize like what am i thinking i'm way better than this person so it, it hopefully won't feel in this very imbalanced way but there can be the sense that i'm very lucky to be with this person i think they're incredible and we want to be with someone that brings out the best in us but also sees the best in us in a non-idealized way but you know sometimes we can doubt ourselves or be hard on ourselves and you want to be with someone that actually sees you let's say 10 15 percent better than you are or they see that potential in you that you might forget. And so often people will be in relationships and really appreciate that when they were down on themselves, whether actually being fully depressed or just going through a rough time, their partners showed that they really believed in them and um, didn't lose hope and didn't lose that feeling of admiration for them. So, it, you know, it's hard to say here where we are at. Is it the healthy, strong part of a relationship that he sees the best in you and really appreciates you or is there you know you're alluding to is there the sense of him seeing you as better than him and there's an imbalance in the relationship uh that's that's what we 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 need to try to get a hold of and to to you you well how do you see it do you think it's very imbalanced him putting you on this pedestal you know let me ask you this does he seem to let's say put his own feelings aside or feel that he can't be upset with you or feel that he has to to give in, do you feel that tendency in the relationship?
2: Um, I think I am more likely to express to him when I'm uncomfortable with something or angry or, you know, mm-hmm. any negative feelings that involve him than he is. Um, because I... I, I I think there is that imbalance that you mentioned. I don't think it's that drastic, like it Mm -hmm. doesn't show up on a regular basis. However, I do think it exists, and I think some of that might go back to his own anxiety and his own Uh self-esteem issues um, that that he he knows he has. but, but yeah, I, I think that I have been more, it's just, yeah, I tend to bring it up more easily when I want something from him that's a bit harder to ask or um, he said something that hurt me. Whereas for him, I think it has to be really bothering him to bring it up or I have to explicitly ask Okay. if it has bothered him. Yeah,
1: and, you know, in some of these things it's hard to, say maybe you've explored it with him is it just him you know some people just have a harder time or have a tendency to hold things in more you know takes more for them to express something or is it a dynamic in this relationship where he feels this well because you know she's better than me or putting you higher than himself i I don't have the right to complain or i shouldn't complain or i'm already on thinner ice because of that so i should hold things in so that's that would be important to to think about and as we can see what we're exploring now they can be related to cultural factors. Culture plays a part in so much of making up who we are, but they might not be. It might not necessarily be culture that we're looking at, but these are still, of course, important things to look at. Uh, I mean, I do care about how he would communicate with your family and how easy that would be. That That's very real, but to me, it's much more important, you and him, what's going on between the two of you, and if there are significant issues there, that's more of an issue than... And the family stuff. So we're at a commercial break, but I want to continue the discussion. We can look at some of these things. I'm sure over the break, you'll reflect on it a bit. Some of these dynamics that you've noticed and exploring them a little bit deeper and also connecting them with your own personal history and what you've gone through, how that might relate to why you possibly chose someone like him and some of the dynamics we're seeing in the relationship. Okay. All right. So we'll be right back. before the break we were with the caller let's go back to them now Caller, are you still there Yes. all right so we were talking about uh, your the relationship that you're in and one of the things that first you brought up was about culture and being from different cultures Um, but we're getting a bit deeper into the relationship and this theme of your partner possibly putting you on a pedestal or seeing you a certain way and some concerns that brought up for you and We were going to get a bit more into that so any thoughts on that topic that theme that came up uh, in the few minutes we were not talking
2: yeah so you asked uh, toward the end like why I might might have chosen someone Mm -hmm, like him Um, I've actually thought a lot about this (laughs) being
1: being a therapist or I'm not surprised that you've thought about (laughs) this at a lot of different angles yeah
2: Um, yeah I I think I think that some of it is that I, I I have like I've gone on dates with Iranians in the past, and it it has been just very hard for me to connect mm-hmm. to those who have lived most of their life in Iran or recently moved um, abroad. Uh, I don't know why that is exactly. Like I I, I don't understand where that connection barrier is. It's just the conversations feel very forced. It's very unnatural. It's, it just doesn't flow. Mm-hmm. And a part of it is language, I think, because like Farsi is my first language technically, but I'm a lot more comfortable with English, especially uh, when it comes to like having more vulnerable conversations. Um, it's just, it feels awkward and forced to do it in Farsi. Um, so one aspect of it is is that um, whereas, like with my partner right now, or in other um, relationships I've been in um, with others who are not Iranian, it, it feels a lot more natural, uh, even though there is that cultural difference. Um, the other is um, I don't know, maybe uh, my dad uh, is very strict. Um, And maybe, I don't know, some of that is just me not wanting to um, also be with someone uh, because my dad is an Iranian man. He's like the Iranian man, Mm -hmm. the image of an Iranian man in my head, even though that's not accurate, obviously.
1: Okay. So there's some things you're bringing up that your current partner is, things that he's not, which is good. But... Tell me, what about your partner do you like or what you think attracted you to him? Things that are the positives that he has.
2: Yeah, so one is the um, communication that I kind of mentioned where um, we are, issues and conflicts have come up, but we are able to talk about them. And even if that means we have to make a compromise we will do it and we're very good at the conflict resolution aspect mm-hmm. um, which I I think is very important. Yeah. Um, the other thing is we have a lot of the same interests and hobbies um, and so it's very easy to spend time with each other and it's very easy to talk um, because we can talk for hours and not realize that oh my god it's been three hours and we have work tomorrow and we should sleep Mm -hmm. um and and i'm just attracted to him physically um as well
1: okay so yeah there there definitely is a lot of good there that you're describing and if you're saying that feeling of losing track of time when you're talking after this long that's also a good sign it shows it's not just some initial infatuation or going back to those opposites or differences it seems like there's something much more there. Um, and you know what you said about him, even that you've lived in other countries, now that could just seem like a difference, but it, it seems like there's things that are people would admire. It's not something just, oh, it's different from how I was raised or what I went through. So that's good. Um, this feeling he might have of this imbalance, do you ever feel that yourself? I mean, outside of him saying he feels it, but do you think if you, maybe it's hard to answer this, but ever see yourself as better than him or see that feel that you have the upper hand?
2: Um, I don't see myself as better than him. I think if you're talking about specific metrics, like, sure, in terms of education, he has a bachelor's, of course. Like, there, there is a, like, on paper there is a difference, but I don't think that that means that I have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I mean, so for example, the reverse of that a little bit um, back to I like, guess the cultural stuff like I have uh, met and interacted with his family several times, and what I have gathered and what I've been told is that they really like me, but at the same time, the reality is their son is dating someone who is not white, and I don't know if. I don't know how they actually feel about that. Um, so when it comes to things like that, actually, I do feel a bit like, oh my God, what am I walking into? Um,
1: what What does he say they feel about the relationship and the future of the relationship? No,
2: he says that they really like me. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he says that they think you're very cool. Uh, the same things that he has said Uh, about me. And and I, and I do believe that like I, when I've interacted with them, I, they have been very welcoming and nice and I have no reason to think otherwise. Um, um, but yeah, so I I don't, I, I don't feel like I have the upper hand, um, in the relationship. The only thing is like, like I mentioned, I do tend to express more when I need something or I want something or if he has said something that has hurt me while well, he doesn't. And so it naturally does create almost this sense of like, like as if I have the upper hand, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't intend for that to be the case. And I don't actually internally feel that way. Okay.
1: Um, you mentioned earlier about this, like, you know, I think there's a vulnerability there. So if he's not sharing those kinds of things, how, how does he express vulnerability to you?
2: Yeah. So. Um if I so it's not that he doesn't mention at all. Um I think I am a lot more quick to mention when I'm feeling a particular way. For him, it has to take it has to be stronger or I have to sense that he's a bit off and I have to ask him mm-hmm. what's going on and then he would share. Um but this is specifically when something about our relationship or something that happened earlier or something that I did is a problem. But more generally, like if he's mad at his parents or he, he has feelings about something else other than targeted at me, then he will easily share mm-hmm. um, or about his past, like things that have happened that have really affected him. Um, so yes, about okay. those things he does. Um, and the other thing I just want to add is that um, what I mentioned that we talk for a very long time, that is especially true in person. When we're on the phone, it's a lot less smooth. Like, it's just the conversation is more clunky, it's shorter, you know, it's, so it's, it's the same thing doesn't really apply. Okay.
1: Well, that could be okay. I mean, it's a different medium, and in, in person is going to be more important as far as when you're having a relationship because that's going to be what mostly will be happening. So, you know, sometimes on the phone things can feel clunkier of having the rhythm of when you're talking and who's talking, how much, and all that. So that that sounds okay. Um, you know, but the way you described it, when it comes to him being upset with you, there is almost the sense that you have to pick up on it first and then give him the okay to say something. Or basically by saying you can feel something is wrong, then he might say it, which is not a... A great long-term type of dynamic because you know you're not gonna it's, it puts too much pressure on you you're not always gonna pick up on it um, yeah. and then that could lead to building frustration resentment over time so th- that there seems to be something there has is he aware of that that it's hard for him to express to you if he's upset with you
2: yeah I we've actually talked a lot about it he <laughs> was a lot worse um, earlier on and we have talked about it and I have said that like I can't know, like I can't just mm-hmm. read your mind. Sometimes I can sense some things up, but I, you know, you have to tell me, like you can't expect me to ask you. And um, we've talked about it. He's very aware and he has gone a lot better at it as time has passed, which is another thing that I think is very good about him uh, in the relationship where he, he is very open to feedback um, when, when, like example exactly like that when I point something out um, he very much takes that and genuinely acts on it and um, and I think some of that some of this pattern of him not initiating the conversation uh, based on the conversations that I've had with him goes back to his previous relationship where his ex-partner he just couldn't talk to her like she was very critical and so I think uh, some of that goes back to mm-hmm. that previous relationship. Um,
1: okay. Yeah, so he learned not, the, you know, walking on eggshells kind of feeling, so you shouldn't say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and and we don't know if his childhood, which one, it was more that way. Was it to be open or was he closed off he, with, with them?
2: Yeah. I think the other thing also is that he, um, he had a very bad accident when he was a lot younger um and uh that resulted in him losing his kidney it was the whole thing and so he does have ptsd symptoms um and what he has said is that uh that also he feels like he can't um easily talk about things that bother him
1: okay um, yeah. And does that still cause any physical medical issues, the accident? Yeah. Uh,
2: no medical issues uh, or, or no physical medical issues. Mm-hmm. It's just more psychological. Yeah.
1: Okay. So he, he feels that makes it harder for him to be as open or to talk about things that are bothering him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, you mentioned from your side, like your father being strict. What, what's uh, What was your parents' marriage like when you were growing up?
2: Yeah. Um, well, there were never and aren't any fights, um, like, you know, physical fights. There there have been and are arguments, of course, um, but nothing drastic or nothing memorable. Um, that said, I think a lot of it is because my mom always um, just, you know, accepts and agrees with them even, and she doesn't actually agree, Mm -hmm. um, because she wants to keep it calm and, you know, um, but yeah, my, my dad is, um, strict and he also has very bad anxiety. And, uh, so all of that together, um, did make it for me so that I I would not want to date someone with those yeah. psychological qualities.
1: Do you do you feel like you have anxiety? Uh,
2: I I don't know if I would diagnose myself yeah. with an anxiety disorder, but I definitely am on the anxious side.
1: Okay, yeah, because I mean, you probably won't like the next thing I'm going to say, but if yeah. anything in your relationship things are the opposite, where you're more like your dad, and he's kind of has a little more of your mom's <laughs> role. You might not be getting as upset, yeah. but it does seem like that's that's in a very basic way what uh, you described.
2: Y- yeah, I can't say that that's inaccurate.
1: Okay, because there could be something comfortable about that, you know, the upper hand, not in the sense even like the way he you felt that he might be saying that you're above him or putting you on a pedestal, but um, there could be something safer, feeling a bit more in control of things. You know, even if he's, it seems like you're encouraging him to be more open. And I genuinely believe you want that based on what you are saying, but there's even a sense there that you would have more uh, say or more of a control in the relationship if you're the one that's more open. So there could be some themes there, some remnants of what you saw and experienced in your parents, even though you were saying you didn't like how your father was being strict. You didn't want someone like that, but maybe some of those qualities you have in yourself that you're wanting to be that side. It doesn't sound like you're being strict with him. You're Of course, not his parent, but it doesn't seem there's that. But some of that might be playing out. Um, you know, I do want to talk a bit more uh, after the break because we've opened up some a few things. And as I said, we went very far away from culture. Culture can be a part of any of these things we're discussing. But just it seems like you wanted a sense of this relationship and are there things to to worry about? It seems like you're someone even if you weren't on the anxious side, being in clinical psychology, I'm sure you're very reflective and looking at things. So that could be good. Sometimes we can over-worry about things too. We can think something might be an issue and uh, really it's just, it's okay. So let's go to commercial break and let's talk a bit more. Okay. Yep, All right. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Welcome back let's go back to the caller caller are you still there yeah. all right so um, you know yeah, we've been discussing your, your relationship for a little bit uh, as I, I mentioned at the end even looking at some of the things we're discussing they're all real things real issues but also want to make sure we're not making things that are just gonna be part of any relationship something will be going on into something more significant but what's most important for me is how you feel in the relationship so Overall what is your feeling in the relationship? We started with the cultural issues. Some other issues are coming up What's your your feeling? What's your gut feeling about how things are in this relationship and continuing it?
3: Yeah Um,
2: Overall about just the relationship. I feel very positive um, And I'm very eager to continue it however um, there is this because of the cultural stuff that I mentioned there is this almost like what if playing in my mind of like oh my god what if there's someone else out there that is more culturally similar to me and mm-hmm. is basically has all these good attributes that my partner has um which I am fully aware that's not realistic but I think a part of this like being in a relationship with someone with a different culture a part of it is almost and almost existential for me. It's almost like I am, especially as someone who has lived outside of Iran for like the past 10 something years, and I almost feel like by being in this relationship and if we do continue it long term, I'm almost like being a part of this cultural erasure, Hmm. if that makes sense. Mm and, like, in that way, it feels very existential for me. And I, um, like, it, it's almost like whatever cultural identity I have left will be not fully lost. But, you know, I'm not strengthening it. Yeah. Um,
4: hmm.
2: So so that is also another theme of, like, yes, it, it does not lead to any concrete issues in our day-to-day. But... It is something that I have on my mind and I, again, like, I I don't know what to do with it.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's this uh, dilemma, because earlier you're saying that when you've dated Iranians, you felt like you couldn't actually relate to them and there was something missing. But then now being with him, something feels missing of the, the cultural side and this cultural erasure, as you uh, put it. Um, which i can get the feeling i think more than likely let's say if you have kids in the united states even if they are iranian uh, your partner's iranian they'll you know there's still some of that will happen just um even naturally even actually probably beneficially in the sense that they'll be more embedded in the american culture if they're being born and raised there and that's what they'll need to be even more connected to doesn't mean you have to let go of those roots um you you mentioned something earlier and i often this comes up where people are like, well, what if there's someone better out there for me? And my tongue-in-cheek response usually is like, for sure there is, in the sense that if we, you know, find every human being on the planet and see if they're a better match for you, there probably is someone that's a better match. But at the end of the day, we have to create a relationship with someone that we're with and then you know once we're with someone and it works we make it work with them we can't say for sure they're the best person on the planet for us but we feel very good with them and we want to be with them and we we continue you know the um is there someone better kind of comes with some of the anxious thinking that you're mentioning where you know it's even like when you're making a purchase well could there be a better deal somewhere and it's good to look but there's something also well looking itself is a cost and takes our time and gives us stress and all those things so eventually we come to a conclusion knowing there could be a better deal out there we can't say for sure there isn't um Mm -hmm. but we feel you know good about that and of course i don't want to compare picking a partner to like choosing a a blender but still there's something there in that same process that we it's possible there's someone better out there i'm not saying that means for sure be with him but if you go there then you're always going to you know, no matter who, you could be with an, an, Iran, an Iranian with all these qualities, but like, well, there still might be someone better than this guy, and, you know, having these qualities and a bit more. So you do have to ask yourself how important those things are for you in this relationship. But if you got get caught in the what if um, there's someone better scenario, you likely will always feel dissatisfied because there will always be a feeling that something can be better out there. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um no. That is, that totally makes sense, and I rationally know this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't yeah. always, like the feeling part doesn't Sure,
1: sure. I um, mean, does something feel missing? You know, you're talking about the, you know, your kids, for example, or this cultural erasure. I said kids, I think, but the cultural erasure piece. But in the relationship, does something feel missing? Is it like, he doesn't get me? I don't feel connected to him. N-
2: no, I, no, I, I don't think that he, so... I definitely do feel connected to him. Um, there are things that I do have to explain to him that, of course, I wouldn't have to explain normally, mm-hmm. like talking to someone who's from that same culture. And like my, for example, my parents' dynamic, someone who is familiar with the Iranian culture would just get it, like they would just get it, you know? Mm-hmm. My partner, I have to explain it to him and he will understand my explanation, but of course he won't like intuitively get it. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't think that is super important to my relationship. Like I don't. Of course, sure, it would be nice if he did, but I don't think. Uh, it's almost like there is, there might be a gap, but there is not a hole in the relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, I if think, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think that's a very kind of nice and poetic way of saying it too. There's something there, and even you know, you mentioned you don't there is a cultural component to their relationship, but you don't find it the most healthy, your parents' dynamic, like you think they kind of found a way that makes it work, but it's not even the type of dynamic you would want. So, you know, that explaining or having to talk about it, I get it that you're like, well, maybe an Iranian would be more familiar with it, but, you know, there was something there that you even thought was worth understanding or explaining. So, um, yeah, it seems like there's some differences we'd imagine there's going to be, but if you feel like he gets you, that's really important if you feel like he you know you you explain some things but overall there isn't like you said a huge hole there that's important you know these themes of the how does he see you how does he see himself also I was wondering you, know, you mentioned the education and the thing is it's not just the present. you're gonna you're continuing it and so you'll finish this PhD do you think that can be an issue like feeling that imbalance in the relationship
2: yeah he is um he has applied to master's programs, and he is planning on um, getting the master's degree. Um, he is not thinking about uh, a doctorate degree, so I wouldn't think so, though, because yeah. he would still be making more money, I think, regardless. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not yeah.
1: saying it needs to be. It's just something to make sure you're okay with if there is a difference there. doesn't have to be at all an issue, but... Um, as long mm-hmm. as you're comfortable with it so you you feel okay with your you know of course you're both still in your, on your paths but um professionally educationally, you don't feel like there's some kind of a mismatch there for you no no okay yeah so you know but let's we're just about to to wrap up. I'm wondering for you after all these things, I'm sure almost any theme we brought up you've considered before but how are you feeling now about the relationship and even you know with what led to you calling, but how are you feeling overall, your thoughts on continuing or not continuing or any changes you'd want to make in the relationship?
2: Yeah, um, I do feel like I have a bit more clarity. um, Because, yeah, I mean, a lot of the concerns that I had was things that you had touched on, especially with um, the cultural differences and, you know, the, the rights. Uh, divorce is higher, you know, in these kinds of marriages, you know, things like that. But the statistics mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't argue with that one. Um, but I, I do. It's almost like there's a there there. Like I, I feel like it, arguments might be there, issues might be there, like that gap, that cultural gap might be there. But um, it almost feels like. There is enough. There is enough to make me want to continue um, with it. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is um, like the other thing that is not cultural, um, which which I don't want to take more of uh, your program's time, so we don't have to go into it. But my partner does have like a family history of mm, relatively serious mental health which does that also kind of makes me hesitate thinking about more long-term um with when you children, when, is
1: it hesitate about yeah kids or about him having some issue uh,
2: he, no no he doesn't have any okay no, no no it's more about kids okay no he's he does he has just the family history of it but he doesn't have any of them um but but, but yeah so but all of that like overall uh i i have some hesitations but i am leaning a lot more strongly towards continuing
1: okay yeah and in, in even that word you used it before and i um wanted to make sure i mentioned it continuing cuz i think also in, of course in relationships people are thinking about a lot of things the way it seems like you approach things acknowledging yourself a slightly more anxious type of mindset. sometimes we're trying to figure everything out and have certainty and we feel like we have to know. Um, and two things are there? One is you definitely don't have to know yet. you're you're deciding, as you said, continuing doesn't mean you have to decide for sure I'm going to be with him. It's just I don't want to end it and I want to keep seeing what we can uh, build together. But the other important part with certainty, which is a tough one, is that we have to accept that there is no hundred percent certainty when it comes to relationships both in how we feel in the moment, no one, you know, we might say in our wedding vows, things that are really nice about how certain we are, but usually there's some level, a very small, let's hope, but doubt can be there and that's okay. So you don't have this total certainty and you definitely can't have the certainty of how are things gonna play out. In 15 years, will this be an issue? You, you make your best uh, decision on what you know now, but you can't know for sure, you know? In 15 years, is this gonna be a problem when our kid's a teenager, is he gonna think, so, you know? You could talk about it now and have a conversation, but to, to think you're going to have a hold on exactly what's going to happen is, is going to be impossible. So we do have to let go a little bit of that as much as we do our due diligence and communicate and you know reflect and all those things. But we can't know it all. But it, from what I'm gathering, you shared about the relationship. It does seem like there's a lot of good there. As with any relationships, there's some things we keep an eye on. Um, But I felt pretty good. Again, I'm not here to definitely make a decision for you in the relationship. But that thing was very glaring in what you at least expressed in our time together discussing it.
2: Great. All right. Thank you so, so much um, for giving me your time and, yeah, for your helpful thoughts.
1: Appreciate it. It Nice talking to you, too. And and good luck with the relationship, but also in school. Thank you. Take care. All right. Let's go to another commercial break. We'll be right back. Welcome back, let's go to another caller Radio Hamra, you're on the air Hello? Yes, we
3: are here, Dr.
1: Hull. Hi, thanks for calling
3: Thank you for taking our call Sure yeah, we, I'm here with my daughter, and she's just going to uh, explain a little bit about herself. She's okay. on grade 8. She's 13 years old, and okay. she's going to uh, be going to high school soon, next September. And then the main reason that we're calling is just that uh, I, I should say that she's a very good student in terms of her work, in terms of her whatever that he needs to do, in terms of school, friendship, relationship. She's very okay. <clears throat> but uh, in terms of prioritizing the uh, things, uh, and she gets really stressed, and uh, she <clears throat> she's not finding uh, the right way to deal with the situation, and she gets frustrated and she starts to uh, get stressful. So I will let her to continue the uh, okay. sure. <clears throat> conversation. And maybe she can explain a little, little bit more and then it will be more clear for you
1: sounds good okay thank you sure hello hello how are you doing hi
0: oh, I'm good thanks for answering
1: it's your my pleasure so now let me ask you before we even get started did you want to talk to me or did your mom uh, have the idea oh
0: my mom had the idea but but Like, but I understand what I'm going through myself more easily. Sure. I think I explain it better.
1: That makes, I think that totally makes sense. You can tell me much better what you're going through. You're the one that knows it better than anyone. So, yeah, your mom gave some background of it. But tell me, like, yeah, what is it that you've been going through? And we can just get started there.
0: So, I I feel that since, like, grade 6, when I was 12, 11, that's when I started to like really care about school and get like very stressed Mm. because I want to I want to achieve good grades and I I just I I want everything to be perfect like Mm. I know that's not like that's not a reality but but then I want to do like everything that I can to, like, to achieve my goals. Yeah. Because now I'm in grade 8, and next year I'm going to high school, and and in um, grade 8, like, for graduation, you get, like, these awards, and I want to get awards. I want to be a high achiever. But then that stresses me out. Yeah. Because, like, all the work, and sometimes even it's just the work that you have to do. That stresses me out. Like, how many projects and assignments there are.
1: Yeah, well, one thing when you said the work there at the end, I've noticed even when I was in school, I felt like, well, most students will think they have too much homework, but I've noticed definitely a big increase in how much homework they're giving students. So I'm sure the amount of work, like you're saying, it's so much. But then on top of that, when you feel the pressure you're describing that you you said even the word perfect, knowing that it's not possible. But when that feeling comes up that it has to be perfect, that, of course, can make you know each project itself each assignment itself even more stressful because it has this big pressure on it that it better be perfect which is not going to happen or even if it happens on one assignment you get a perfect score we can't expect that um for more than that or for lots of assignments so it seems pretty clear you recognize like you're there's a lot of pressure you're feeling some of it you might feel you're putting on yourself but you feel a lot of pressure to achieve as you said to you want to get these awards I know at times they start to put so much pressure and stress on grades and telling kids from even younger than you that okay if you want to you know get into a good college well first you have to do this so that you get into the right classes in high school then you have to do this and it just makes it feel like everything from such a young age has so much significance like it's going to impact your your whole life based on what you do and that's how the pressure builds it's not just am i getting this question right on a test it's like oh, my future is going to be ruined if I don't do well on this test or get this question right. Mm -hmm. And of course, the problem there is not only is that not true, but then when we think that way and feel that way, we're going to do even worse on that test because now we have more anxiety and we don't even perform as well as we could have if we had less anxiety. So sometimes students don't have enough motivation or they don't care enough. You seem to have the opposite issue where you're probably caring too much about what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like a lot of pressure, and that can be very overwhelming. So, yeah, I, I can feel for you. Like what you're going through feels like a lot of stress.
0: Yeah, and and I I have like really like like I have like a really good teacher, and and then like I, I talk to him from like time to time. Mm-hmm. And so basically, this morning I like th- like this was before like the winter break, but I like requested to have. Well, he gave me the idea to maybe have like like a little meeting with me and my and both my parents or like like to talk about like my priorities and my stress and that was um this morning, okay, and even like me and both my parents, we also like witnessed my teacher like saying how like he's lucky to have me in my class because mm. like I make the class like. You know, I, I I make it easier for him to be a teacher, and that, like, I have good work ethics and everything, and and it's just like, so I heard him say that, and it's not that I don't like, like it's just sometimes, and I was talking to my teacher about this today during the meeting. I was like, sometimes, like if I don't get a good grade, like I I don't want like my teachers. To think that like I didn't study, or to think that I'm slacking off.
1: Hmm. But even though they know that I'm studying, it's just like I just don't want them to think that. Yeah, I mean, like you know, this goes back to that feeling of that pressure of, um, you know, there's even that you're feeling like you want to do well. The grades might matter, but then what if my teachers think I wasn't I wasn't trying hard or I was slacking off? Um, so I feel you know, there's a, like I said, a lot of that pressure there. And I actually want to, if I can't ask you about something different, we're, we're going to focus on the same topic, but how do you feel like your parents are as far as either adding to your pressure or making it less? Like, how do, how do you feel they deal with that?
0: Like, sometimes it can be in the middle. Okay. Because they're, sometimes, like, they're trying to help me, mm-hmm. but then it feels like they're just, I don't know, it doesn't feel like... Sometimes they're trying to give me advice, but then that advice is like not sticking with me. Mm-hmm. So then there's like no point really, and it's just like sometimes they can get a bit like frustrated of because I'm frustrated, which mm-hmm. makes me even more like frustrated.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. we could. Can I, I
0: add I, something? Yeah, in? let me if uh, I can
1: say. Yeah, let me just say something to that. Yeah, I, I sure. can get what you're you're saying because. Um, and I'm sure obviously your mom wanted you to call and talk to me, I'm sure your parents want what's best for you and they're trying to help, Um, and you could tell me the type of advice they give, I'm sure sometimes it helps, sometimes it might not help. What can be tough with some of these things is, for example, we'll tell someone, oh, don't worry about it, or it doesn't matter if you, you know, like something you know whatever happens the result and that could be good in a way but sometimes when we hear don't worry about it doesn't mean we're not gonna worry mm-hmm. and then now we can feel bad that we're worrying because it's making them think we're doing something not good and that like you're saying that cycle of frustration comes where it's like oh like I now I'm worrying so much but I can't stop myself from worrying and now it's another thing to worry about but yes uh, your mom wanted to say something uh,
3: yeah Doctor so I'm here with my husband actually and uh And i was actually we were talking with the teacher and throughout all these times we noticed that my daughter she's pretty much okay in whatever she's doing and to be honest with you and uh, today i said okay what we can do we can take some sessions with uh, some people that they are more experienced in this and maybe they can help you to guide you through that how to deal with this me as a parent maybe Maybe sometimes I can't help you because I don't have that knowledge or I don't have that solution for you. So that's why these professionals are out there to help you. So, and then today the teacher, like, I mean, based on my understanding from my daughter, like, she's, I think she's doing okay. She's involved in the school comedy. She involves in the, like, the student council, council, sorry. She's a member on that, and then everybody at the school, they love her. She's a very respected student. So, I mean, to be honest, when I'm looking at her, she's doing her best. I think she's kind of wanted to be perfect, being a perfectionist. Or maybe there's a little bit of that competition that I kind of noticed. It could be the age, it could be the talking among the friends, like, the other friend says, oh, I'm good. I'm going to go to here. And actually, she did mention that mom. I Maybe I want to wonder, go for Harvard University, for example, right? So then she actually talks about that those things with me, too. So that's why I'm like. I mean, to be honest, I'm doing as much as I can in terms of supporting her. Mm-hmm. But right now, I feel like, okay, I guess I'm, I don't know. I don't have knowledge. I have to seek for a little bit more professional help. That's why... It's, To be honest tonight it was a perfect timing i didn't know that your uh, program was a special to have the conversation i said come here let's sit down let's uh, call and then see what we can do and Mm -hmm. what is our option
1: yeah well and that's good and i hope i hope to help and however long we talk and you know likely if you know you're saying professional help you know calling me is is it's it's a type of help but more professional help will be something that's you know in regular and, you know, you could keep continuing yeah, and something, you know, on that level, that would probably be even more helpful if it's necessary. Um I, You know, even the way you started, you're, you said she's a great student. I'm sure she's, she's great. The thing we're trying to actually figure out is not how to make her a better student, it's to how to help her feel yeah. less pressure about being a student or to not just be a student, to be a, a young girl and, you know, being yeah. a person who can, you know, just live life and not feel this this overwhelming Fantastic. pressure or or stress. Something you mentioned at the beginning, though, you said something about priorities. So I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what you meant by that.
3: Uh, I think she's in in that term. His teacher was saying that let's uh, let's talk about that. How she can prioritize her activities, her tasks, her day so she can do that i think in that term she gets confused to prioritize and uh, based on that and based on the teacher's observation uh we're thinking okay because i'm i don't think we are that kind of i know i know she sometimes she asks us that okay uh i got this mom i got for example 85 out of 100 i'm like i always tell her that's good you did your best this is uh, this is this is good like I'm not really expecting you to get hundreds you're here to enjoy to have good friends around you and also to study and reach your goals so you're not here to be perfect or to score score hundred all Mm -hmm. the time so I mean in that point we're not pressuring her that we need you to bring hundreds no no at that we don't but But I know she has very good work ethic, very, uh, she's on top of it. She's organized, but I think she's stressed it out. So, and actually, her teacher mentioned this morning that, okay, you're going to go to high school. You probably, here, here you have maybe 10 subjects. We have science, we have math, we have English. But over there, you might even have, like, in high school, you might have four subjects. Mm -hmm. You have four subjects. You have four subjects and you have more time, for example, to prioritize your projects or to work and you, you get better. Uh, mm-hmm. You have less stress compared to the, for example, to the elementary level.
1: I hope I, so, and, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, high school a high school could be more stressful in its own ways, but yeah, maybe that'll be true. Even, you know, the reason why I asked about mm-hmm. the prioritizing and uh, of course that's important and time management is important. My my guess would be based on perfectionism being a theme here that Mm -hmm. oftentimes if we deal with perfectionism it makes it harder for us to get our work done so things can take longer because of that so even right now if you told me okay before you say anything the next sentence you say has to be perfect i'll probably just stop talking because i will be too afraid to not say it perfectly or say something wrong or that i could have said it better Mm -hmm. and so we see a huge theme with When we talk about procrastination, oftentimes people think, oh, it's laziness or time management. But what I've noticed in myself and then working with so many people is that the biggest cause of procrastination is anxiety. People feeling like, Mm -hmm. what if I don't do it right? What if I don't do it good? What if I make a mistake? And so that leads to avoiding that because it feels so scary. And then, of course, that leads to more stress because now we have less time to to get the thing done. So I'm not sure if that's something your daughter deals with um, related to getting things on her quote unquote prioritizing you know her time or her tasks but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that comes up
3: yeah I mean in a, she's doing her task whatever she needs to do I let the I let her to sure. continue the conversation if she wants to add something
0: yeah because i I end up getting everything done but then there could be times where I do procrastinate and then but it's just yeah, there there can be some times where like I, I do procrastinate. Yeah, you're
1: kinda okay. right. Yeah, I mean that. and that's something I mean, well, first of all, I I mean, um, everyone procrastinates sometimes. That's just part mm-hmm. of being human. We're not gonna just do everything exactly at the right time. But yes, for all of us different things might lead to um us procrastinating more and so it could be important to understand that the the other hard thing about if we're talking about perfectionism or this type of anxiety is we can be really hard on ourselves and so i don't know Mm -hmm. do you feel like you can be hard on yourself like when things come up or you're dealing with things do you feel that you know you either talk to yourself negatively or feel really negatively if you feel like you've made a mistake yeah definitely that's yeah yeah. I, that a lot. yeah I can feel that and that's you know that's stuff, and mm. you know I can relate to that I still think I deal with that and when I was younger also and I remember being mm-hmm. in school dealing with that so I remember how difficult it was just that it's a it's an extra pressure so it's like we we might get something wrong or we don't do it exactly right but then on top of that we beat ourselves up for not doing it you know or even people beat themselves up for being sad or anxious and they yeah. already are feeling bad, and now they feel yeah. even worse. Oh, I'm so bad for worrying too much. Mhm,
3: mhm. I think she's worrying
1: too much sometimes. And and, and possibly one thing I'll also say is yeah. we want to give her that space to worry because it's not something we can just turn up and down like a you know light. So even in 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 her anxiety, we don't want to put this perfection on. Don't be anxious or be less anxious because it's yeah. not easy for her. So we want to take even the pressure off being anxious, you know, it's going to happen. It's oh. going to keep coming up. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's not something that's going to disappear. Even if we work on our anxiety, it doesn't mean it goes to zero or disappears. Someone who is a pretty anxious person will likely always have that with them at some level. Mm-hmm. It could become more manageable or less. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Uh, we didn't get into it so much. You saying sometimes the advice that you and her father give it can be helpful but sometimes it's not and sometimes it could be this sense of we're telling someone let's say not to worry or you're worrying too much but it's not something that's just in their control that they can make okay you're telling me i'm worrying too much i'm going to worry 20 percent less now you know it doesn't just change the Mm -hmm. amount of worry so giving her that space to be even worried or stressed that could be important so we don't have to change her feeling we have to sit with her with whatever it is that she is feeling
3: okay and then uh, now we are uh, thinking to take some uh, as i mentioned to take some sessions to get a like opinion so do you dr do you think that we should start working uh, like start to talk with a social worker or psychologist or like i'm kind of lost in here that for someone like my 10 year old where should i start for her to To give her more uh, ways or more solutions on how to deal with it, as you said, we are growing and we are gonna get this anxiety and this uh, stresses are gonna be in our life. They're not gonna go away.
1: Yeah. So let's, you know, that that is a very important question. Even looking at how to get further help for her, and we also want to ask her what she wants. Um, I'm looking at the time. We're at a commercial break. So after the break, let's get into some of these issues. Okay okay sure all right we'll be right back welcome back before the break we're with some callers let's go back to them now callers are you still there
0: Yeah, let's go here.
1: All right. Um, By the way, yeah, do you have any brothers or sisters? I was going to ask that in the last segment, but it didn't come up. Oh, yeah,
0: I have um, an older brother.
1: Okay, how old is he? He's 16. 16, so about three years older than you?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. I just wanted to know kind of the family um, constellation. So your mom asked before the break, as far as social worker, therapist, psychologist, what would be most helpful? And I have some thoughts on that, which I'll... I'll share, but I first wanted to ask you what uh, are you wanting this or what do you think would be helpful for you?
0: See, um, I was the one, well, me and my mom discussed it, like, together, as in, like, I, because I really want to talk to, like, someone who can help, because my mom was saying, and, like, we were both right on this, like, she was saying how sometimes, like, her and my dad, they can't give me that, like, that advice that I can actually like use and I can benefit from,
4: because
0: mm-hmm. like I I've also my whole life I've been hearing it from them, and I think now that my feelings are changing, I want to hear it from like someone else, mm-hmm. maybe a professional. Sure. But but yeah, like right now, like you've been able to understand what I'm going through. Are you are you a are you a psychologist?
1: I am a psychologist. Yeah, um, and so that what I do. And sometimes people ask about like those differences. So there's like psychiatrists, and a psychiatrist can prescribe medication, and they're a medical doctor. Whereas a psychologist cannot prescribe medication; does just like talk therapy. Um, And then there's also therapists, or and there's just sometimes different levels of education or types of education. But there's therapists and psychologists that do talk therapy, Um, and of course you'd want to go to someone who both has experience with anxiety and, and also working with teenagers so yeah that's what i do and we can explore like who you could see or you know depends on where you also are living but we can look at that that type of a thing so you'd like to talk uh to someone i think it's a good idea and your parents um there's so much they can do as your parents but there's also going to be limitations and it could be helpful just to have someone else to to talk to and hopefully they'll give you some guidance and advice but even you know one thing i want you to be ready for is that you know no one is going to have some tricks that okay if you do these three things you won't worry anymore because one of the things you you know that's going to help you in the long term is realizing it's not that you have to figure out how to do all the things you want to do it's almost realizing that you don't have to do as much as you think you need to do so taking some of that pressure off um, so sometimes people think like I have to do this, this and this and do them really well. And someone's going to help me do all those things really well. And, and that sometimes is what we need. But often what we need is to realize all those things we need to do or at the level we feel like we need to do it. It turns out I I don't have to do it. And I can start to let go of that feeling of having to control it all mm-hmm. or have it all be perfect. So that might be also something that a therapist would help you with is recognizing okay like maybe i can let go of it and at at the beginning it'll be scary Mm -hmm. because the feeling is i have to do it this way or i have to make sure it's this good um it's gonna be very hard to let go of that but over time you can start to let go of that so just something to be ready for is that you know maybe they'll help you with some stress management and let's say breathing exercises Mm -hmm. or things that can help um but there's nothing that's going to make it well just keep doing the same things, but you're going to feel really good. You might have to change some of what you're you're doing, even doing a little bit less than what you're currently doing.
0: Yeah, and I I used to talk like I I went to some sessions with um like a he was a psychologist, right?
3: A psychologist, yeah. Iranian. Yeah, he was an
0: Iranian psychologist, but I felt that he didn't like. There was like also a language barrier but then he didn't really understand yeah. what I was going through. Yeah. Okay. So that's why that's why we're asking this now like like you know
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe.
3: that's why M- we try to change it Dr. Sure. Hello, so yeah.
1: And that's the most important. Else. Yeah, the most important thing when it comes to finding a, a therapist. You know, sometimes people say, "Oh, is this person good or not?" And I, I'm not saying yeah. there's not some level of obviously there's skills and some things that people have and experience um, that yeah. is important. But something you have to have for therapy to work is to feel that the therapist really understands you and gets you. And of course, communication yeah. needs to be uh, easy. So I have some clients that will speak Farsi to me. Um, but they have to be comfortable that if I answer in English, they they totally will get it. So if not, then even if they think yeah. I'm great, I wouldn't be the right therapist for them because they have to feel so comfortable expressing themselves and making sure they understand what I'm saying. Um, but also, yeah, mm-hmm. just feeling like they understand you. So maybe this, this therapist you went to, uh, for you, wasn't someone that you felt like was totally getting you. And so we want to f- help you find someone that you're going to be the one that, will feel that it's the right therapist or not. No one could tell you, no this is the person for you because if you don't feel like they're getting you then then it won't be helpful for you in the long term. So I'm glad you guys have tried and sometimes people do have this experience that they um, you know the first therapist or even the second therapist isn't the right match but then they find one that is uh-huh. a good match. So that's something I hope you will do and I think going back to that question of you know could be a social worker but more than likely a psychologist okay. A, a psychologist, therapist—that would be the right match. And as I said, someone who um, works with with teenagers, and especially if they have some ex- uh, experience with anxiety issues, that would be important too. Uh huh. Anxiety. So,
3: so uh, they t- Dr. Ruhlafi, their title is—it's called psychologist psychology therapist or they no just psychologist
1: psychol- psychologist is a so usually uh, i don't know what state you're in but especially in california yeah. i know i'm more familiar with them um you know to be called a psychologist you have to have a doctorate level degree whereas therapist you could call someone who oh. has a doctorate level degree a therapist but um a master's level is a therapist but can't be called a psychologist so it, it could be either i would say yeah you can go look you know find a psychologist um that you can see uh, that could yes. you know, be helpful and again have her see someone and if she doesn't feel like they're really getting her that connection let's help her find someone else who she does feel that connection with
0: okay uh, okay. okay so i have i have three little things that i i want to mention so sure. sometimes like even just little things that happen on like a daily basis mm-hmm. like those can also cause me worry and have anxiety so like for example if i'm late to something that's gonna make me worry because then like like, like usually i'm like a person who's on time so then they're gonna think like oh she's slacking off or something or if i'm or if you know at a rare occasion i do something wrong and the teacher just points that out and she says like oh stop doing this like that's gonna make me worry because. That's never happened before. and then, like, those, like,
1: little things, like, they just make me constantly overthink. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, you're talking about these little things, but that's a big thing. And this goes back to there is this feeling you have in general of um, things going wrong, of making a mistake of people judging you and have a negative judgment about mm-hmm. you, you know, it's so like they're going to, you know, think you're slacking off or think you don't care. And so, yeah, you, you know, you feel such a pressure to be perfect in these ways. Like you're not even allowed to be human where it's like, yes, yeah, sometimes everyone is going to be late. Sometimes that's just part of life that, you know, no one is going to be perfectly on time. Yeah. If someone is late mm-hmm. every single class, then like Okay. There's something going on and we might think they're slacking off and even that's okay. A teacher can think you're slacking off. That's, won't be the end of the world even if you don't like it but you it seems like you're feel like you're on such thin ice you know like you're they're about to think you're bad or they're about to think you're not good mm-hmm. and so you have to keep keep uh keep fighting to have that status of wait, like, no I, I am good i am a good student i'm not slacking off yeah. and so even though like even you're saying they haven't said some of these things you're worried about well what if that's going to be the first time so this is a a pretty deep issue the good news is you can change it a bit over time, and it, it will. But the bad news is it takes some time, because it is usually something so mm-hmm. deep and automatic. Like, I can tell you, oh, look, you're, you seem like a great student. Your teachers are not going to think that. But I understand you might feel that for a moment. But then when you're back in the situation, the feeling might come up again of, oh, I'm going to be late, and they're going to think something. So these things are pretty mm-hmm. deep, and also I say that so your parents know that they might get that logically it doesn't make sense. Like, Oh, your teachers are not going to not like you or think negatively of you. Um, But to you, it might feel very real in that moment. And so uh, another thing um, to be aware of is this way of thinking, this anxiety, it does hurt you in a lot of ways that I can, I can feel Mm -hmm. it probably contributes to some of what makes you intelligent too. It's not saying that makes it a good thing, but Most Mm -hmm. things about us aren't just this all bad thing or this all good thing. It's a bit more complicated than that. So sometimes there's some people that they're very good at noticing if something is not quite right. They'll pick up on something sooner than Mm -hmm. other people, but they also might be more sensitive than other people when things are, are bigger or when things are happening. So we also want to be aware that this isn't something we're just going to erase about you because some of it also is part of who you are in some good ways, but we just don't want it to keep hurting you in these ways that... Um, Mm -hmm. It's impacting you. Another thing I'll mention is just my own experience, but then working with so many people going through middle school, high school, there is, as I was saying before, such a pressure on, okay, you know, your eighth grade grades are going to affect your ninth grade Mm -hmm. class. And then, you know, I see these kids basically from like middle, uh, you know, elementary school, they're being told that how they perform is going to determine their career, basically, you know, and it's, and it's not true at all. These things do matter. I'm not saying you know schools look at grades and so I'm not saying they don't impact these things but there's nothing you're gonna do right now that determines your career good or bad you know I I made big mistakes even in college that were really mm-hmm. worse than anything it seems like you've done But still, I was able to go get a PhD and nothing stopped, you know, me from doing that. So I say that because sometimes I hear, you know, I think sometimes they're afraid that the students aren't going to take it seriously enough. So they keep telling them this matters and this, oh, you know, if you don't do this, you can't get into the AP classes. And if you don't get into that class, you know, and they put all this Mm -hmm. pressure where most students, and especially it's true in your case, they need less pressure. You're worried enough. You're caring enough. We need you to feel more comfortable or less stressed that'll actually allow you to perform even better. Mm -hmm. But even at the end of the day, your performance is less important for me than how you're feeling and just living day to day. You know, your performance is something, but it's just one thing in your life right now. It feels like it's everything.
0: And, and yeah, so basically like I'm, I'm actually pretty nervous for high school. Like I'm, I'm nervous for that change and like how it's going to go. And that's another thing. Like I'm like, I'm worried about how something's going to go. That's why, like, I don't want it to happen. And yeah. and then, basically, so, in high school, like, I know that the workload is a lot, but, and, like, even having teachers warn you about it, that's, like, like a lot of worrying. And, so, okay, there was, we had the option to, like, um, apply for a regional programs, so I applied for AP, and both me and my best friend got in, so, like, that was really fun, but... It's just, um, and I was thinking about declining it, but then I thought, you know, I don't really know how hard it's going to be unless if I don't try it. Mm -hmm. So then, like, that's stressing me, too. Like, if I, if I go to AP and, like, what if I find it really hard, but, like, let's say, like, my friend doesn't and actually, like, drop out or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's just high school in general. It's just the whole idea of that change even like just being like a teenager like that's difficult like there's all these like little like and big things that like just like clung together yeah and And
1: you're like sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but it could feel very overwhelming like all those things all happening not knowing and and um you know High school, most people get a bit nervous about high school. Most people get a little bit nervous about any change. Um, The thing is, the way you've described yourself so far, I would imagine that change is even a bit harder for you because of that unknown of, well, what's going to happen? And what if it goes really bad? For you, that seems even bigger than it might for many people or some people. There's others that are going to be as worried as you. But it does seem like that's generally going to be the case, that change is going to be scary for you. It always is a little bit scary, but it might be even more scary. And those things you described did sound like they could be unpleasant, let's say, if you go to that class and you can't handle it and your friend can. But if you had to drop out, let's say, or drop the class or change your class, you would still be okay. I'm not saying it's something you want or, you know, it feels good. But I just want you to know, again, everything, it feels like end of the world feeling might come with inside of you. But I just want you to know, it would all be totally okay whatever it is that you want to do would totally be okay if if that were even if that were to happen. we don't even know if it's gonna happen and that's the thing when we're Mm -hmm. nervous about something we try to see if Mm -hmm. we can figure it all out so it's like what if I can figure out everything of high school now to make sure it's gonna be okay and then the truth is we just can't you have to you know go through it and each time you're at that step figure out what to do it's kind of like if you imagine walking from you know wherever your house is down the street but instead of like just walking before you left yet you to figure out every place you were going to put your foot okay i'm going to put my foot here mm-hmm. and be, you just can't do it but you have to just trust that when i'm there i'll feel where to put my foot one after the other and yeah. i'll get to the end of the street so i, I totally get what you're feeling because it's uh, you know and they talk high school and the workload and they build these things up again because they're worried students aren't going to take it seriously enough but for someone like you you're already taking it too seriously and worrying too much. Mm-hmm. You need the advice of telling you, "Hey, it's not a big deal. You're going to be fine." Um, but they build these things up to, to kind of say, "Hey, you got to really, you know, step up your game." We are again at a commercial break, and we'll be going into our last segment. I just want us to be able to wrap up the conversation. So let's talk a bit in a few minutes, okay? Okay, sure. Sure, we'll be right back. back before the break we were with the callers let's go back to them callers are you still there yeah so oh. well, i just have
0: two more things to mention yeah, just because sure. i don't want to take up all your time because
1: i know your shows about it no yeah well, um, well no, I, i'm it's a pleasure talking you're not taking up my time you're i'm really enjoying talking to you but yeah we do have just about 10 minutes before the show would end so that's all the time we could have but yeah please go ahead
0: yeah so um Like, the reason I'm so stressed about going to high school and making that change is because I've made, because I've been at my elementary school since JK all the way to grade 8, and I've made, like, a good reputation there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just that change. Now I have to, like, I'm going to know more, like, new people, and I'm going to know more new teachers. And, like, even now there are teachers at my school that I don't like. But then, like, imagine in high school, just like
1: there's gonna be like a new thing of everything,
0: yeah. and it's gonna just like well, it's the, just,
1: like, I, yeah, there'll be some people you you won't like, and you know, even the way you said um, at your school, you've been there. Yeah, it seems like a long time. I think if you said, I'm guessing JK means junior kindergarten junior or kindergarten. or just kidding, but yeah, yeah, junior. Yeah, so that's been like eight years you've been there but you said i have a good reputation or i built a good reputation but what i hope you realize is you didn't build a good reputation but you are good so it wasn't like you had to to build something or convince people of something you're just that's that's who you are and so you might go somewhere and yeah we we don't need everyone to like us and everyone won't like us that's okay but you'll you'll be fine there as well there could be some teachers you don't like or don't get along with but you'll you'll be okay there we should expect that that's going to happen that not every teacher is going to be our cup of tea or that we're going to be their favorite type of student and that's okay so a lot of like i was saying before it's not that we're going to find ways to make sure all the things you're worried about will turn out okay it's actually to learn more and more that when they don't turn out okay that you're still okay that you still will be able to handle it okay there's this teacher i don't really like and that's i don't like that so much or doesn't feel so good but okay they're just one of my you know six teachers this year so i only have to see them once a day for an hour and and i'll get through it and so we should almost expect that yeah some of the teachers you won't like because that's just how things work out and so You'll be fine. I, I I don't want to undermine what you're saying. It's also because we just have a few minutes and, uh, you know, I hope when your parents talk to you and you worry about things, they give you the space, as I was saying, to worry and be sad about it. I'm just trying to also bring up the other side that even if things go like the bad that you're mm-hmm. worried about, I still trust that you're going to be okay because you're strong enough to handle whatever it is mm-hmm. that it is you're going to face. Wow. Yeah. And one more
0: last little thing. So when when I... Like sometimes when I talk to different people and I open up about my stress, some people just say, "Oh yeah," like elementary school is nothing, high school is so easy, it's so easy. Elementary school, high school is easy, nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, you'll be fine. But that literally just adds more pressure. Like, how is that supposed to help you? Like, if someone says they're having stress and then you just say, "Oh yeah." It's easy. It's so easy. Like, that's not making me feel better. And then that's mm. just piling up. Like, more.
1: Yeah. You know, it's tough because sometimes we don't know what someone wants to hear. And oftentimes people think they're helping, but what they say doesn't help us feel better. Um, but I can get it that when something stressful, someone tells you it's easy, it almost feels like, oh, then that might make me even feel worse. Like, that I, something easy makes me feel then, like, stressed they're out.
0: they're saying it's easy, and I'm the one saying that I think it's hard. Like, that's where. Yeah. Like, it's.
1: Right. And, you know, they're they're probably trying to reassure you or make you feel like it's not going to be as bad. Or maybe they're trying to tell you they're having an easy time with it. But I would just expect if, you know, when you're going to high school next year, you're going to be nervous. And well, and the truth is, everyone's nervous first day of school, but especially first day of high school. Mm -hmm. They might show it in different ways. And a lot of times people won't even realize you're as nervous as you are. So we know that actually a lot of people you don't think are nervous are probably nervous, too. But I'm almost totally sure that, you know, let's say I think it'll be what, eight months from now when it's time for you to go to high school, you're going to be nervous because that's how most people feel. Um, But I also totally trust that you're going to make it through high school as so many other nervous students have before. I remember being so nervous starting high school from the social side of things, academic side of things, Mm -hmm. so many things. I remember being very nervous about it and now I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it, it felt really huge and scary. And so I feel like yeah. I'm pretty confident that you'll have a similar experience, that you'll be nervous and there will be some hard times. I definitely remember some hard times in, in high school, but that I trust that you're you're going to get through all those things that you're worried about. And first of all, a lot of things you're worried about won't happen. That's how our worries are. We worry about a thousand things okay. happening and maybe two of them happen. But of all those things you worry about that even do happen, I still trust that you're you're going to be be okay. But I also know that it seems like you're going to do what you can with your parents to, to help you be less stressed. It's not going to go away. Your anxiety is not going to go Mm -hmm. away, but to help best prepare you for when those, you know, times come and even, um, for, for now, not just, okay, for high school, just so you don't feel, because it seems like what you're going through now is pretty tough. We don't want you to, to just feel better later. We want to help you to feel better now, as soon as we can.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, So, before the winter break, that was, like, a very stressful time in grade 8 because um, it was right before winter break, so they're trying to get all the assignments done. And I could tell, like, I, I was, like, I had, like, two, like, really long cries, like, in, like, a week. And I could tell, even when I'm, like, that stressed, like, different things pile up, like, so for like my music class, I had to bring my recorder, but because I had so much on on my mind, I like forgot, hmm. and I don't usually forget, and I could tell even like my mental health was like so bad, like yeah, and I could just tell how it was like negatively affecting me, like all like all my stress and like
1: yeah, crying and stuff, and it's tough. I mean, you know, we do and to me. Your mental health is going to be way more important than your grades or your recorder or any of those things, and that's why I want to make sure we make that the priority. Because if you are not doing okay, you won't you won't do okay in like as far as your performance goes. So we have to make sure you are okay first, and that's the most important thing. It's not even like I want your mental health to be good so you get good grades. I want your mental health to be good and feel good because that's important in and of itself and the most important thing. And then the the grades and other things yeah, they matter and they impact our life, but first we have to make sure we're okay. And that's the most important thing. So yeah. yeah, And and the the unfortunate thing is I I mentioned earlier is unfortunately when we feel more anxious and stressed, we're more likely to perform not as good. So even that makes our stress worse. And we're more likely to do things like you just added, like forgetting things or, you know, uh, having stuff like that happen because when our mind is occupied with the anxiety, it's not as available to do the things it needs to do. Like you know keeping track of what we need to take care of and all of that so unfortunately anxiety and stress they snowball so like once it starts going it could be hard to stop it for example you're taking a test and you're like oh i don't know number one and now all of a sudden you start worrying and so it's going to make it harder for you to do number two and all the other ones because of that that worry and anxiety so the bad news is it's that way but the good news is that also means if we make it a little bit better that spiral can go the other way we can start to feel a little bit more calm and then we do a little bit better now we feel less stressed so we do even better and so that's what we're hoping will will happen for you um and just because we do have to wrap up and giving some final thoughts yep. is really like i said I- i'm not just saying it to say it to you I have all the confidence that you can handle all of eighth grade and everything that's going to happen in in high school i also know that as much as everything feels like everything moment will matter so much every test every grade every class that it doesn't in the grand scheme of things that nothing you do this year as i was saying before will affect if you want to be any career or do anything in your life even if they make it seem like it's that important all of those things will be insignificant in your whole you know life and what you're going to do and nothing will will get in the way of you reaching whatever goals you have based on what you do let's say this year or next year or any of these classes you have so just keep that in mind that the pressure feels huge but it's actually not that big it just feels that way
0: mm-hmm. you just hold that one, yeah. yeah perfect uh, yeah thank you very really much I, I really was able to understand like you were able to understand like i was able to connect easily thank
1: you yeah i really enjoyed mm-hmm. talking to you too i felt like we were able to connect easily and i think lots of people will will feel that way because what you're saying is is really understandable you know lots of people feel these things different ways different degrees but what you're describing is a very human thing to go through and more and more we want you to feel okay even feeling how you feel but also yeah, to not feel this intense pressure that you're you're currently going through so um you know since you're open to it and your parents we're talking about it i think it'll be good for you to see a therapist just to have someone to yeah. go and talk to and you know, therapy is. I know we're having like this is one-time conversation right now. Therapy works over a long period of time. So sometimes people go like, oh, I went three, four times, nothing changed. Probably not much will change. Maybe you might feel a little bit better after a few times, but really we see the benefits in in the long term. So I hope um, when you start therapy and you find the right therapist, you'll continue going for a while, and just have that be mm-hmm. an ongoing thing that'll help you deal with this anxiety and stress and the the, the issues that you're you're facing. Perfect.
3: Perfect. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Thank
1: you so much, Dr. Yes. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. nice talking with you with you all. Wish you all the best. And as I said, I wish you all the best, but I have all the confidence that you will make it the best and you'll be okay.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure she will. Yeah. yeah well, thank you so much. I'm like
1: so proud of her. Nice talking. You take care. All right. That brings us to the end of today's show. A big thank you to Firehuda here in the studio. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Zan Zendegi Azadi.